You are listening to the One Mind Dogs from the Dogs Perspective podcast. Hi, it's your host, Nora Keskevari, and we are here to talk about personal dog journeys and how we can be the best possible dog owners from the dog's perspective, of course. I'm super passionate about understanding the dog's perspective and with that, helping others to have a happy and balanced life with their dogs. It is always very inspirational to hear it from others, their journey with their dogs and learning more about the dog's perspective. Today, we will talk with Leslie Dawson-North from Canada and hear more about her journey with her dogs and also how the dog world has changed in the past 30 years. Leslie, welcome to the podcast and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, thank you, Nora. Um, yeah, this is really exciting. I'm very happy to be able to do this with you. Um, so thank you so much for the invite. Um, well, one mind myself, um, I've been training. I got my first, uh, I guess my first bearded collie back in 19... 19- 91. Um, and, um, I started out in agility or out in obedience. Um, and I did a lot of competitive obedience. Um, then ended up with, um, doing some seminars, workshops in the sport of agility. And I kind of got bit by the celestial agility bug and I started into agility and the passion. Um, and I figured, you know, after a while, I just wanted to be a master of one, and not a jack of all traits. Uh, so I kind of gave up competing in obedience and I just directed my attention to um, agility. So I've been doing that. And so from, from as you can imagine, from 1991, um, the change in the sport has been tremendous. So um, that's kind of where I got my start. Um, and then I just continued to uh, compete and grow in the sport. Um, and then shortly back in, I guess, 2016, I think it was, um, I ended up starting with, I think, One Mind Dog. I, I'm not sure exactly if that was the year, um, but it's been, I think, close to 10 years since I've been a member. So so that's kind of my start. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And we will hear more about the details um, yes. during the episode. I want to go, uh, it's always very interesting to go back into history a little bit. Like if you think about your childhood and and that time, um, did you already then know that one day you will have your own dog or did that come later in your life? Uh, no, actually, it's kind of a funny story. Um, growing up as, as a little girl, um, if I ever went missing and my parents were looking for me, um, they would always find me at one of the neighbor's place that had a dog. So I was always drawn to dogs right from being a little girl. My father was also a dog lover. So I think probably inherited some of that from him. But um, yeah, so I would always, I would always be, um, if I saw a dog, that's kind of where I, I would be going. Um, when I was about three or four years old, um, my sisters, I don't remember this, but my sisters told me I'd gone missing. So they came looking for me and they found me in the, in the yard, um, where there was this big, huge German shepherd. And I was sitting 
under his chest, petting him on the ground. And I was petting him and he was not, he was known not to be a very friendly dog. And of course, being a little girl, I didn't know that, but I was lucky. I didn't get, (laughs) I didn't get mauled, but I was sitting there and they actually had to physically say, you know, come on, Leslie, get up, come on out. Cause they couldn't go into the yard. So it's, it's just kind of those funny little stories that, you know, um, I would think I was always destined and we've always had dogs growing up um, in the house, but they were just pets. Um, and it was, it was just, a you know, just a dog at that time. So, so yeah, I think I was always destined for that. Yeah. That's, that's indeed a funny, funny story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when you, you are like a real like dog enthusiast, we can say that, um, if you think about, um, one or two things, like what, most inspire or motivate you in dogs why are you doing it what is it well um they you know dogs don't ask for a lot right um they want to be a part of your family um and i think that um that bond that you that grows with you um as you become aware of uh, be aware of the of the dogs and how they how they want to be with you all the time that they're part of the family um they as i said they ask for little right and i think the more you realize that they're even though you might have all the same breed in your family or different you realize that each of them are different you know um just like humans everybody has their own personality and and i think that's really uh, the same for for dogs they all have their own little personalities and um just working with them through that trying to figure out what works for each of them um and i think that just working with them really you grow a bond closer with your dog so well that sounds like real wisdom as well like for the human human interaction as well so yeah yes yeah the one my dog's method is all about the dog's point of view and everything we teach about seeing the world from the dog's perspective and having fun together um and in this podcast we want to share real life stories about how learning more about the dog's perspective had impacted the life with dogs you have joined one mind dogs community i think it's about 10 years ago um Mm -hmm. Describe a little bit more, like how did you get started with One Mind Dogs? Well, I first of all, I I saw some uh, videos that were posted when you first, I think when you first started, um, and they they were just you know enticing people, saying nobody had heard of it before, and I'm like, oh, One Mind Dog, what's this, right? So then you know, as you go in and you start to learn more about um, about it. Um, and then um, what happened is uh, there was you. You guys actually came over to Canada and um, did a uh, a summer camp. So I thought I'm going to take this camp, and so I went to the camp, and like I had already been working through some of the videos and um, learning uh, methodology, and when I went to the the camp, it just it just opened my eyes, right? And it was it was so exciting to attend. I learned so much. Um, and from there on, it was just like, this is, this is what I want to teach. This is what I want to learn. And this is what I want to teach. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all got started. And I really haven't looked back since. It's been- oh my God. 
Oh, I, I emotional <laughs> <laughs> here. But yeah, that's well put, well said. Uh, and those camps, they have been something. Yeah, yes. the atmosphere and the, um, and all the people and the community and the spirit there. It, yeah, you really, I just waiting for the world like calming down after the pandemic so that yeah travel normally again and there are no restrictions so um those are something to wait for indeed yes your journey um after after the camp and after learning more about one mind dogs and the dog's perspective what has been the biggest kind of aha moment or the biggest eye-opener for for you in in that it's amazing how the dogs it's just dog language um I hear some people say something about fancy moves and I, I and I keep re- reiterating it's not fancy moves it's dog language it's what the dog is understanding from the dog's perspective so um and I keep you know I keep telling my students this it's you know it's it's harder for us as handlers to learn because the dogs really seem to know this already so this is more learning for us than it is for the dogs and of course the dogs still need to know their their criterias and their their con their their um obstacles and know how to jump and tunnels and all that stuff but once you get past that um even on on the process of moving there you the dogs um they understand this and it's so much clearer when you get you know the correct hand the correct foot um you know all the little technical stuff uh, about one mind dog uh, methodology um and it's just so much clearer for for the dog and once you start understanding it's not teaching obstacles per se but running lines um it makes it's so so different right it's just uh, amazing and it's so much clearer for the dog for sure. Right. Is there is there any anything um um else that you can mention like as an example of what things have you have changed in your own behavior when you ha- when you started to learn uh, more about the dog's perspective? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh for sure. Um well when you're ha- when you're handling and you or you're training and then something uh, something goes off. Um, long time ago, you would say, oh, the dog did this or the dog did this. Well, the dog didn't do this. Now what I am seeing more and, and as you grow as a handler, the more and more you, you become aware, you, you start saying, you stop and you look, okay, where am I facing? Where am I looking? Where are my shoulders? This is why the dog did this. So, so I'm looking more to myself. Um, to blame or to correct rather than the dogs. Yeah, sometimes the dogs are naughty, but at the most part, it's if you stop and you actually physically look at yourself, then you realize, oh, geez, this is why the dog did this particular behavior, right? So that's the kind of, uh, that's how it's it's kind of changed me. Um, and I think through this whole process, I become a much more patient trainer and uh like it's funny because I've got a thing on the on my wall in my arena and it's it says training often fails because people expect way too much of the animal and too little of themselves and it it's really true because this sport is a lot like we're teammates right but a lot of it is mostly our our issues causing particular issues so so I think that's kind of where um, where I've, I've kind of changed in, in my, in myself and in training. 
Well, that's um, that's very very good example, and um, there are many listeners that might not yet uh, uh, do lots of or know a lot of um, about dog agility. Uh, for them, I think it's also good to mention that all these things that we are talking about they are actually exactly the same outside the agility sport. So it's yes, your um, everyday life and and all mm-hmm. that. So the dogs actually don't do mistakes they just do what they are taught to to do or yep. reinforce so it's a really good example and eye opener for many many also new dog owners mm-hmm. well yes. now we have been talking about the learnings and successes um what about the challenges have you had any um big hurdles um during this journey with your dog dogs and dog training or anything else that you would like to share with us that and how you actually did overcome them well you know you, you can't say when you're owning and training a dog um that you're not that you're not going to have any hurdles well that's just that's not ever going to happen because you know it's it's more of a journey with your dog than it is um um you know just just training um you'll you find, especially in, in the sport, the more the dogs know or learn, then you realize how much more they can learn. And, um, it's, it's, um, yeah, as I said, it's, it's more of a, of a journey with your dog than it is anything. Um, hurdles. Yeah, I've had hurdles. I think one of the biggest hurdles although I've had is um, in regards to agility is just teaching the running contacts with my dogs so and again um, teaching the behavior and um, the method the method of of teaching the running contacts and how patient you need to be right and how consistent you need to be uh, because consistency I mean is is a key for for a good dog trainer. Um, so I think that's been one of the, one of the hurdles and a huge learning curve for myself. Okay. Because these last, these three dogs that I have now, they're, they're my first three dogs that I've trained with running full running contacts. So it's been a, a huge learning curve for me. And, um, and now like their, their con- running contacts are really amazing. So it's like, I'm not feeling like I have to babysit. I'm just right. Um, just um, running the course with them. Right. So, so that's kind of um, a success story as well. Definitely. And I was asking about the highlights uh, and I'm then my next question was about the highlights. So I, I bet that this is one of them. <laughs> like, yeah, well, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yes. One of the highlights. And I'm asking yeah. um, you to send me some links later so that we can share with all the listeners as well, that they can see what, what do you actually mean? Like mm-hmm. what does it mean to have a running uh, contact with your dog? Mm-hmm. So um, I can say that it is a challenge to beat. <laughs> and then when you get that, it's definitely one of your highlights in your whole life. So uh, congratulations on that. So, <laughs> yes, thanks. <laughs> I haven't done that myself, so I can just be proud of you. <laughs> it does take, it does take such. Yeah, it does take a lot of time, right? And a lot of a lot of patience for sure. So right. but it's so it really just puts you into um, if you want to be in that uh, other level of competition, um, 
and that was that was another reason. I just felt like for me to be more competitive, that um, I need a running contact. So, um, so then I was determined to get my running contact. So <laughs> that's uh, yeah. Again, that is a highlight. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And now over the past. Uh, 10 years, even uh, all the courses have developed quite a bit. So it, they are really useful in, in getting quick runs. So that's that's really yes. a good benefit for you. So once more, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's go back uh, from the professional dog agility world to basic dog world. And, world. and if you think about... Um, for example, your friend or neighbor who is getting their first ever dog. So what would what would be your tips for them? Well, my tip would be to make sure that you start on the right foot because it's all, always easier to train than to retrain. Uh, train correctly the first way, first time, rather than having to go back and retrain an unwanted behavior. So, um, you know, if to make sure that they're with someone that's going to give them positive reinforcement um, and really be able to teach the person as well, because it is about teaching a person um, how to uh, relate to their dog and if a if a handler or a person training can understand the dog's perspective it makes training so much easier right right so so i would say make sure that you get get with the correct person because there's a lot of people that teach training but um it's it's a, a whole different story or ball game when you're actually starting to train your dog and use it from the dog's perspective. Look at look at what the dog's looking at. Um, so that's what I would suggest for sure. Right, that's a great thing. And yeah. what, when it comes to one mind dog, we have a lot of uh, lot of content and and yes, dog agility. But now we also have this uh, pet puppy or who, whatever puppy or new dog um, training program. So following that will give you the. I would say the the best foundation for for the new journey with a new dog. So yeah. yeah. And you know, and that's that's what I hear uh so often, even like with my students, um, is how they um some some have that come from other places have not had good foundation, right? Good foundation. And yeah, so whether you're doing agility or if you're just Try just you know want your dog to be at home and be a well-behaved dog um, with you know and be part of the family member. Um, yeah, for sure the the foundation and the puppy training that I did see on your on your videos. I mean it's it's so good and especially with you know the last two years would have been perfect like for those people that can't get out and about to be able to you know go in and open up a video and say okay this is what we're going to do and we're going to work on and, and just build knowledge that way, because it is about building knowledge, right? Exactly. So. Yeah, definitely. What do you think? Um, you have also mentioned that about the connection and bond with the, with the dog. What do you think is the most important thing that influences that bond with your dog? How, how can you best impact on that? Um, well, I don't know about other people, but I spend lots of time, um, quality 
time, not just time hanging out. We do just hang out sometimes, um, but also quality time and um, mental stimulation, right? And when you're training to make it more more like play and less like work for them, right? Um, because I think, um, you know, not to be as regimented in certain things, you know, once they've got it, they're like, okay, I've got this, let's do something else. You, you want to, you want to make it more like play and less like work. So, and very positive and, and just that bond of hanging out and learning about each other because your dog's learning about yourself as well as you're learning about the dog. Right. And that, and that bond of just, um, being a family, <laughs> being family, really. Well, that, that was a great, great tip. Um, I'm curious because you have seen a lot during the past three decades in this dog world, especially. How do you, Leslie, how do you see the future? Like from the dog ownership perspective, what is the future of, of that? The future of? Like dog ownership, dog training. Where is it co- going? Because I am seeing that there is now, especially after covid So there has been a lot of change around in the air, like lots of, it's kind of mess currently. I would say the whole mm-hmm. pet care, um, um, like the whole ecosystem. So mm-hmm. what do you see or how do you see that the dog ownership or or dog training as part of the dog ownership? You don't have to have any like re- like answers, but like mm-hmm. about your thoughts, uh, what it could be in 10 years. If you think about now, currently, that the setup is basically people, many people don't train their dogs. Do you yes. think that in in 10 years, more people are more interested in educating their dogs, for example? Yeah, I think um, I I think with anything, I think like that, that will grow. Um, I think with with knowledge and education, people start to realize that dogs are not just dogs. They're actually, you know, beings or souls, as you say, two souls, one mind. And, and I mean, that's such a great uh, motto, right? Because it, it, it really truly is, you know, um, uh, they are souls, they have beings, they're, they're thinking, they problem solve. Um, so um, I think with people, when they learn this kind of stuff that they will, um, it will, it will grow. And I think when people see what people, other people or trainers that are doing with their dogs and you can see they're like, I want to do that. My dog can do that. Right. I mean, so, um, but people don't always realize the amount of hours and hundreds of hours that go into the end result, you know? So, um, yeah. So I do believe that it's going to continue to change. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. Right just with the the changes that have happened so for sure i would see that it would it would change and and you know hopefully that people will continue to learn and want to learn more about their dogs for sure right well then we go to another big question here like talking about the dog world um as mm-hmm. such like if there's only one thing that you could change there now what would that be to make the world better for for dogs Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've pondered that question a little bit. I just, um, yeah, I, you know, I just would hope that people would um, think of dogs as as family members, 
and not to be just getting a dog on the spur of the moment um, because it should be a lifetime commitment, right? So, um, and then continue to, you know, to educate and get educated and and have them as part of a, a family member. They're not just a, um, a thing, right? So. Right. And we are here to educate people and, and raise the awareness. So that's what also this podcast is about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. On that what about like now we are going to the end of this, uh, this episode. Is there anything I didn't ask and you would like to share with us? Um, I don't think there's anything other, other than, um, I have I I have a motto that I I don't even know where I got it from, uh, but it's one that I really really like to share um, because it's um, it's aspiring for people, right? Um, and sometimes we get caught in settling, um, and as uh, settling in in our training or whatever our passion is, and it the motto goes: the greatest danger for uh, most of us is not that we aim too high and miss it, but it's too low and we reach it. Right. Well said. Thank you yes. so much. Yeah. <laughs> this interview has been so emotional. I have to take some my time after this and get me back together. <laughs> but hey, Leslie, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you everyone for listening One Mind Dogs from the Dogs Perspective podcast. And make sure you follow One Mind Dogs in social media and tag us also and share your moments with your dog. And I will uh, add also Leslie's links um, to some videos and web pages and, and whatever she wants to share with us uh, so you can learn more about her and what, what she's doing with her dogs. See you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.